We've been in a series called Identity Theft. See, the enemy doesn't care that you believe in God. He doesn't care what you're doing. What he doesn't want you to know is who you are. And, uh, and so today we're going to close out uh, this series. Let's go to the scripture we've, we've used uh, every week so far. Go to Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. He says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, King James Version says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So in other words, the way you think about yourself is the reality of who you are. You will produce, you know, your life is like a Polaroid camera. It's only going to produce what it's focused on, or any camera. You, and what it focuses on is what it'll produce. You can't take a picture of Perry and it come out looking like Dave. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. <laughs> but the thing is, is we have to understand that as we focus ourselves, and, and some of us have focused ourselves on the wrong thing about ourselves for a long time. We, 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 we create a spiritual atmosphere around ourselves with the words we speak. He said, so as a man thinketh, uh, so is he. he. It goes on to say, eat, drink. Uh, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Uh, and and, and when, when we have to watch, because as we continue to think a certain way, how many of you know that even the, sometimes the things that I think aren't right <laughs> are wrong? It's a false belief that, I've, that I'm holding and so as I hold this false belief, what do I produce? I produce about myself the thing that I'm believing about myself, whether that's true or not. And so we create this spiritual atmosphere. And one of the biggest words that come out is I'm unwanted. Nobody loves me. I'm unwanted. See, what happens, you create an atmosphere. And so what happens is you walk through the earth in an atmosphere of saying, I'm not wanted, I'm not wanted. And so your view, when you begin to deal with other people, you begin to deal with them from your own mindset of, I'm not, I'm talking to you, but I know I'm really not wanted anyhow. And this is going to be real superficial because I'm not going to give you time to get over here and hurt me because I know you're going to hurt me anyhow because I'm not wanted. And so it, what it does, it takes all of our relationships and makes them very, very superficial. And, and, and they're on the surface. And so the question remains this week is how do you see yourself? What do you see about yourself? What do you think about yourself? We're going to look at what identity was and then what Jesus has set it back to be. We're going to call it lost and found. <laughs> Go to Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to read out of the message translation because I just like it. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he says, he says, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image. So the first thing about yourself is you need to know that when you look in the mirror, you are the reflection of God. Well, what if these people don't even believe in God? Doesn't make a difference. They're still a reflection of God. He said, let us make human beings how? In our image. Now, we're just talking about your outer appearance here, okay? 
He said, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting our nature. How can you be unwanted when you are God's nature? That should just destroy. Our problem, Sally, is that nobody bothered to tell us these things. Everybody wants to just tell us that God doesn't care about us. God doesn't, he's just waiting for us to mess up because the moment we mess up, you know, and so that's what we're, we're, we've been trained all of our life to think, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up. What if somebody would have trained us years ago rather than hand us a, 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 a policy and procedure manual of being a Christian? Anybody ever got one of those? <laughs> what if we would have just been handed a re, the reality that says, you were created in the image of God. God designed you to reflect his nature. And because he designed you to reflect his nature, he expects you to act like him. I told you a couple weeks ago, I was created Leo-like. If you don't know who Leo is, that's my father. And the more I go through life, I sat down the other night, something I, I don't normally do, and I grabbed an apple, I grabbed a knife, and to grab the jar of peanut butter. Sat down on it. You said, well, that's normal. Not for me. But for Leo, sitting there, he balances everything on his chest in his recliner. Cuts his. And I sat there and I thought, my goodness, I've turned into my dad. The way I hold my hand. You see why? Because I was created and reflect his nature. Folks, you've got to understand your desires, the things you like, the, the, the hopes, the dreams that you have are put in you because it is a reflection of the nature of God that is in you. And it is going to bring out different things in you that it's not going to bring out in D because she doesn't have that part. See, we, we like to read the scripture that says that God will give us the desires of our heart. And if you've been in the charismatic world or, or the word of faith world long enough, you know, we've taken it and said, God will give me the desires of my heart, so I want a Cadillac and I want to, am I, am I the only one that's been there? But what if God's not trying to give you your heart's desire, but he put, his, he put the heart desire in you? That the things that you're wanting, he gave you those desires. But I shouldn't feel bad. I shouldn't want this and I shouldn't want that. And I should, but what if? He says he gives us the desires of our heart. Well, how, what's that mean? He says reflecting our nature. So they can be responsible. Whose responsibility is earth now? Ours. It's ours. So they can be responsible for the fish of the sea and the birds in the air and the cattle and yes, earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. Verse 27. God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. So we're created in the image of God. Now, I had to stop the other day. I started to say something to Idra because she was taking some scripture from me. 
in our nightly prayer time. Go real quick. I want to show you how intricately you are tied into God's presence. Go to Jeremiah <laughs> chapter 1, verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, and again from the message, he said, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. King James says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You were known. See, we've got this idea that our existence just started the moment we were born. You were already present in heaven, in the presence of God. That's where you come from. All life comes from God. Well, what about, no. He is the author of life. The word tells us that the enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it how? More abundantly. So God is the author of life. And so he tells Jeremiah here, he says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew all about you. Well, God, you don't understand what I'm going through down here. I'm here to tell you this morning, especially you young people, and you think that God doesn't understand, I'm here to tell you right now that before you ever was a gleam in somebody's eye, before the smile ever happened between your mom and dad, he already had you. He already knew you. He knew all about you and had everything planned out for you. Oh, glory to God. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had a holy plan for you. Before you saw the light of day, he already had plans for you. You are not forgotten. You were never forgotten. You were never abandoned by God. He has had his eye on you from the moment you came screaming into this earth. From the moment you just exploded into earth in all your glory, he had holy plans for you. And the whole time the enemy is trying to steal that plan by handing you this and handing you that and saying, look over here, look over here. It's always a distraction because he don't want you to understand that you came straight from God with a plan. He said, before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you, a prophet to the nations. That's what I had in mind. Yeah, but he says that of Jeremiah. But the word also says that he's not a respecter of persons. The word also tells me that all good and perfect gifts come from him in, him the, in, whom, in whom there is no shadow of turning. You know what that means? He's not going to shine favorably on Jody and let his shadow fall over here on Maisie. What he gives to one, he gives to all. The plans he had. So if he's not a respecter of persons, then he knew me the same way he knew in Jeremiah. And if he's not a respecter of persons, he had holy plans for me. And I'm telling you today, especially you young folks, he's got a plan for you. And it's a holy plan. And it's a good plan. And it's a plan for you to prosper. 
And it's a plan for you to be, uh, to do good, to see good, to experience good. It is a plan for you to be the head and not the tail. It is a plan for you to be above and not beneath. It is a plan for you to prosper when you come home and when you go away. It is a plan for your children to prosper. It's a plan for your children's children to prosper. It is a plan for everything that you're going to set your hand to is going to prosper. And guess what? His plans don't change because he doesn't change. He says, I'm God and I change not. So he still is not trying to change. You had your father's heart from the day you were imagined in the heavenlies. You had his heart. <laughs> he knew the dreams. He knew the hopes. He knew the plans. He knows that your original design was to walk in his glory. Y'all see why things had to play out like they did today? Y'all need this. And if you think I'm just talking to the young people, I'm not. We need to remember this too. Let's go to Psalms chapter 139. Life didn't just happen, folks. It is a perfect design Psalms 139, verse 13. Oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I am fearfully, some of you might know that part, and wonderfully made. He said, body and soul, everything about me is marvelously made. Are you ready? Hang on, because this, this will ruffle your feathers. Rub your fur the wrong way. Look what David says here about himself. I worship, he's worshiping God who is breathtaking. He says, I worship in adoration. Who's he worshiping God? But what is he worshiping God for? What a creation. God, you're fantastic. Look what you did. <laughs> this is great. This is awesome. God, man, you blow my mind. How could you make me this good? How could you make me this wonderful? How could you make me so glorious? You say, oh, you can't say that about yourself. I didn't, Scott. He did. He said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, I worship God in adoration. What a creation. <laughs> Some of you need to look at yourself right now and go, Whoa. <laughs> it's good. Remember in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, he says he saw everything that he made and he said it was good. The message translation says it was so very good. And he still looks at his creation and says, it's good. Amen. So very good. Oh, my goodness, folks. Ah. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. I'm telling you, if you'll get up every day, look yourself in the mirror and go, oh, what a creation. Thank you, God for making me like this. 
but we don't. Thank you, God. Now, if I could just take off a little here and a little there. If this was a little straighter and this was a little curvier. Get up in the morning. What a creation. Husbands, look at your wife and go, oh, what a creation. <laughs> Wives, look at your husbands and go, goodness, what a creation. She does every day. She does too. <laughs> we have to come to realize God loved us so much that he designed us to look like him, to sound like him, to respond like him, to create like him, to dominate like him, to be a kingdom operative just like him. Him. Oh. Anything else is less than what you were created to be. I'm okay. Verse 15. He says, you know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Now look at verse 16. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life are all prepared before I'd even lived one day. The days of your life was already prepared before you. And you know what? The moment you said yes... To Jesus, all that plan just set into motion. Now we make these little silly mistakes. Doesn't change God's plan. Everything the Father does, he does it out of extreme love for a creation that he breathed into. He devised a plan before Adam ever sinned. He devised a plan to keep you and I in relationship with him. Go to Romans chapter 5. I'm going to try. He says, consider this. I'm reading out of the voice. Now, for some of you that don't know, you say, well, how many translations do you use? All of them. I like to go to the original writing and then I like to find a translation as closest to that as I can. That's why I use so many. <laughs> he said, consider this. Sin entered our world through one man, Adam. And through, and, and through sin, death followed in hot pursuit. Death spread rapidly to infect all people on the earth as they engaged in sin. Before God gave the law, sin existed. But there was no way to account for it. Outside the law, how could anyone be charged and found guilty of sin? Now, that's important for you to remember. Outside the law, how could anyone be charged and found guilty of sin? Verse 14. Still, death plagued all humanity from Adam to Moses, even those who sinned uh, was of a different sort than Adam's. You see, in God's plan, Adam was a prototype. Mm. of the one who comes to usher a new day. But the free gift of grace bears no resemblance to Adam's crime. Oh. 
But the free gift of grace bears no resemblance to Adam's crime that brings death sentence to all humanity. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Look at this now. For if the one man's sin brings death to so many, how much more, Lord our God, does the gift of God's radical grace extend to humanity since Jesus the anointed offered his generous gift? So if sin brought death to all men, how much more was the gift of Jesus' blood not more powerful than all sin? It freed us. Verse 16. His free gift is nothing like the scourge of the first man's sin. The judgment that fell because of one false step brought condemnation, but the free gift following countless offenses <laughs> resulted in a favorable verdict, not guilty. That was God's plan all along. God's plan all along was to declare us not guilty. He said, and because sin came through one man, it had to be another man to take that. Mm, I'll get there in a minute. So you've got to understand, every need of the earth was fulfilled. Mm. If one man's sin brought a reign of death, that's Adam's legacy. How much more will those who receive grace and abundance and the free gift of redeeming justice reign in life? Oh, by means of the one other man, Jesus, the anointed. Folks, what are we supposed to be doing with life? Reigning. It's, it's your life. Take charge. Take control of it. You, you have a choice to make here. Oh. Mm. Where are we at? 18. So here's the result. As one man's sin brought about condemnation or punishment, and punishment, sorry, for all people, so one man's act of faithfulness makes all of us right with God and brings new life. My goodness, folks, do you realize how powerful the gift of Jesus was? Jesus, as through one man's defiant disobedience, every one of us were made sinners, so through the willingness, willing obedience of the one man, many of us will be made right. Man started the issue. Adam. He started the whole sin issue. And what did God say in the garden? He said, let us make men in our image and let us have them reflect our nature. Have them what? Take responsibility of the earth. So whose responsibility was the earth? Man's. We, we talked a little bit about it last week. Adam could have redeemed the garden when, it, when Eve ate. He had control of the earth still. Come on, come with me, just, just, just walk with me. Why didn't God intervene? Well, if God's so loving, God's so gracious, why didn't God intervene? Because he gave the earth to man. That was man's responsibility to take care of the earth. 
It was man's responsibility. So God didn't intervene because it was man's responsibility. So if man had to have control of the earth, then guess what had to take back control? And so before Adam gave his birthright up, God had a plan that a man would pay the penalty, that a man would settle the score, that a man would handle it. And folks, let me tell you, the great, awesome, wonderful, glorious, fantastic thing about this, this was always the plan. It was settled. In God's mind, it was settled. Before Adam sinned, it was settled. Whew. That'll blow your mind. God, all right, you're going to get mad at me here too. It's all right. God could not pay the price to redeem earth. Because it's still still man's domain. It had to be a man. That's why God wrapped himself in skin That's why God became a man so that a man could pay the penalty and redeem the earth back to its original state because only a man had that authority to do it. So when he became a man, he was bringing authority back to mankind. He became the man. We all follow after him. He had to be a flesh man. One that understood what it was like to be tempted. Well, Jesus did have to go through what I go through. Come on. We have computers and everything. It's a little bit easier access, but he still went through things. Hebrews chapter four. Are you still with me? This is where people like to check out. I'm not taking the deity of Jesus away. Because this is what people think. Well, you're just saying Jesus became a man. He wasn't, no. He was 100% man. He was 100% God. Well, I don't understand it. That's why it wasn't up to you to go to the cross. (laughs) Amen? Hebrews chapter four, from Philip's translation, he says, seeing that we have a great high priest who has entered into the innermost inmost heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to our faith. Verse 15, for we have no superhuman high priest whom our weaknesses are unintelligible. In other words, he completely understands your weaknesses. Think of the worst sin in your mind. Now think of Jesus being tempted with that very thing. <laughs> well, he could, Jesus could not have been tempted with that. Well, are you, are you a human? Well, that makes you man, right? We have a high priest who knows what it's like to go through every temptation. Can you imagine? Because the things that Ted's, tempted with I'm not and the things that I'm tempted with you're not but we take Jesus going through all this temptation 
that everything that Ted is tempted with, everything that I'm tempted with, and yet he did it without sin. You know why? To prove that man has the ability to go and not sin. Well, there's nobody perfect. Well, does that mean you shouldn't try? <laughs> well, everybody sins. You don't have to. He didn't. As a man. Well, that's because he was God. No. If that was the case, he couldn't be my substitute. He couldn't be the vicarious man. He experienced everything. He has himself shared fully in our experience of temptation, except that he never sinned. Verse 16, let us therefore approach the throne of grace with fullest confidence. Well, how can I approach the throne of grace with full of confidence? I'm a low down dirty, what was it, scum ridden worm. How can I come before God's throne full of confidence? Because I belong there. That's where I came from. That's my original place. <laughs> and I can come there because sin that Adam laid on me, Jesus took off me. Oh, glory to God. And now, according to Ephesians, Jesus has invited me he said, come and sit, on, sit with me. Come and sit at my right hand. He said, Ephesians chapter 2 says that we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. That is just where you are. Imagine if we would get the view from heaven rather than the view of our problems. Rather than the view of our sin, rather than the view of all the times we've come short and all the times we've blown it and how we've been a whole life and messed everything. What if our view began to happen from a place of throne room living? Our problem is we don't live in a throne room because somebody told us we don't belong there. He said, let us approach the throne of grace boldly with fullest of confidence that we may receive mercy for our failures and grace to help in our time of need. Man alive, folks. <laughs> so what is our identity now? And I want to end here real quick. Go to Galatians chapter 2. <laughs> Galatians chapter 2. Anybody dealing with your shoulders? You? Alice, lay hands on him. Sheila, lay hands on him. I'm getting all this stuff and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to find it hard to focus. So let's uh, deal with some stuff. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we speak to Larry's shoulder. The word says they shall lay hands on the sick. It didn't say the pastor lays hands on the sick. Father, I thank you that hands are being laid on him right now and in Jesus' name. I declare health and I declare healing and I release his shoulders now. Ooh, yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. 
Amen, 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 amen. Mm. Somebody kind of nauseous, you feel like, actually I can tell you what it feels like because this has happened to me before. feel like your blood sugar's dropped. You kind of feel shaky, nauseous. Anybody? Somebody, raise your hands. Okay, y'all's are close to her, lay hands on her. Y'all, whoever's close to Tina, lay hands on her. Are you feeling this way right now? Y'all lay hands on Tina too. Tina raised her hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we declare health and healing over these. We declare an end to this nausea, an end to this shakiness, an end to this feeling of, of, of weakness. I declare over Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Thelma, grab hold of Perry's wrist right there. Don't grab him too hard. He'll cry. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare health over his wrist. We declare a release from that carpal tunnel symptoms. We declare that he is completely healed. And Father, we agree with him now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, this is strange for me. This is, it, it, it's a nerve issue that you just feel like you're on fire. It's, it, it, yeah. I, I tell you what, just what I hear people describe as shingles. And I don't know. But it's, uh, yeah. And if it's not, I'll just, I'll pray for somebody. I, I don't feel that, I don't struggle with this thing, so it doesn't bother me. Thank you, Lord. Anybody, it's just like, at times, your skin just... You? All right. Lay hands on her, folks. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare health and healing over that. We declare a release of that. Father, we declare a complete release over her nervous system now, in Jesus' name, that that feeling of inflame and inflammation under her body just be released now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, yeah, this doesn't happen every service. You just welcome to this one. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, some some stomach. This is stomach problems that causes you to, uh, yeah, do a lot of running. I'll just leave it at that. Are you in here? All right. Anybody else? It's nothing to be embarrassed about, folks. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Dave, I want to ask you to go over here and pray for Becky because we're going to include uh, D in that prayer too. All right. Yeah, so go over and lay hands on Becky. There she is, back there. Father, thank you, Lord. So, Father, I pray for Becky and Dee right now. I, 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 Dave's Dee, not mine. <laughs> I thank you, Lord, right now. 
In Jesus' name, we declare health and healing. And this thing that has been, it's been affecting her body and this thing that's been attacking her, we say no more in Jesus' name. We speak to her uh, 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 intestinal issues and we declare health and we declare healing right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Anybody else besides Larry? I just keep going back to this shoulder thing. You've been having issues with your shoulders. Ernie, okay. Well, lay hands on him, folks. You're close to him. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, as even the little ones lay hands on him, Father. In Jesus' name, we thank you for touching his shoulders. We thank you for touching this pain and it, declaring it to go. In Jesus' name, I thank you right now, Father, that you are the great physician. You are our healer. You are our provider. And I thank you that you're healing him right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, we're just going to follow the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's never going to be the same. If it is, we're, we're, we've done it wrong. <laughs> Hallelujah. The last thing I'm, I'm getting right now is uh, pain in the ankle, and, the, and the, or, uh, especially like around the back toward the Achilles tendon. Okay, anybody else? Michael back there, anybody else? Thank you, Jody over here. Well, uh, Tina needs prayer. Michael needs prayer. Jody needs prayer. Lay hands on them. Father, right now, oh, glory. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I declare health. I declare healing. I thank you for a release in their bodies now. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you, Father, that you are the great physician. And we declare in Jesus' name. We have a right to this because we're created to have a right to this. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Okay, I can't. <laughs> we just go with it, right? Uh, in trouble in your neck when you're turning. We're just going to have an overhaul on Jody. Anybody else besides Jody? You? So somebody lay hands on Sheila. Somebody lay hands on Brenda. Somebody lay hands on uh, Tina. Somebody lay hands on Idra. Anybody else? Oh, uh, Diana. Somebody lay. All right, Bobby's got her. Anybody else? Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we speak a loosening of these tendons, a loosening of these muscles, a loosening right now, in Jesus' name, of all this joint pain, this stuff that's going on in the neck. We declare now, in Jesus' name, that you are the healer, Father. You are the provider. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
Well, what if it don't happen right now? Word didn't say it had to happen right now. It said they lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Didn't say when, did it? <laughs> we just keep declaring healing. Expectation, you expect it. Hallelujah. Keep expecting, D says. Listen, we're done. <laughs> I've got me I've got I got half a message here. But God has a plan, and it's a holy plan. And from the moment you were born, he had it in store for you. So come back next week. I won't be preaching. Uh, Ted's going to tell you about that, uh, but it'll be good. Uh, then I'll pick it back up in a couple of weeks. If you have not been coming on, Wednesday, on, on our night uh, prayer, uh, and you have missed the last... Because the book was only for 21 days, but we have been going on. Idra has copies of what we've been doing past the 21 days, if you would like to get a copy of that. Idra, hold your hand up so they know who they're coming to. How's your neck? How's your neck? Raise that hand real good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You ready, brother? Well, you try to make some sense out of all of it. <laughs> and... Um... Dee, I'm going to have you come on up now. Super, super quick. I, I got this when I was on the stage playing. Uh, if you've been prayed for any way today, young people, all the rest of us, anybody, the word expectation was screaming in my spirit. Expectation, expectation. And then what came to my mind was praise will be the proof will be with the proof of your faith. So don't go by what your symptoms might be screaming at you. Don't go by those symptoms, no matter what your situation is. Focus and start praising. Praising until inside you know that it's true. And then watch your symptoms change and that was in my spirit and I really couldn't stand it till I got the chance to say it so expect and praise and then watch it change